Wow. I'll never drink another beer. Beer here. I'll take ten. Hey, everybody. You are listening to the Canning Run Podcast. This is part two of a two-part tasting, so uh, bear with us. We're five beers deep already. All righty then. Whale alert! Ugh. What are we drinking? All right, for this, uh, what is this, number five, number six? I don't know, whatever. Uh, we have uh, Bourbon County Brandmont Cherry Stout. Oh, who makes uh, the beer? Goose Island. Goose Island. Goose Island. Goose Island. Uh, and this is a stout aged in bourbon barrels with cherries, granola, oats, brown sugar, and 100% Natural flavor added. Love. That sounds like a loaded breakfast right there. It sure does. Granola, oats, brown sugar, and cherries. That's really? I'm, well, hey, without reading the label, our noses were pretty Yeah, good. I know. We, we we took a whiff, and it was it was honestly very granola-y. This is, it, this is the 2019 variant, by the way. Uh, and I, I was just saying that uh, I found this. I think it was lost on a shelf. Because these things usually fly out before noon on... Black Friday. Yeah, we the hunt variants. For, we hunt for them. We hunt. We, we used to hunt for them at least. We didn't in 2019. So Which it's amazing that came out. in in April or yeah April, oh. uh, middle of pandemic. You know, have to make a run to the packy, and this is just like hiding behind a 3F, which I also bought. Um, insane. It is insane. Have you had a sip yet? No. It's fucking unbelievable. This is beer number six, by the way. Oh boy. This is the best beer of the night, in my opinion, so far. I want to see your reactions. So fucking wow. good. It's so good. That is a amazing cherry flavor. Dude, I really like barrel aged beers. <laughs> Super well rounded. And like, this is uh you know, and back to kind of our A B and Bev conversation. I gotta say though, Goose Island, BCBS, oof. can you get a more consistent barrel aged stout? No. I mean, they invented it, so... Yeah, like, it's... I was a little worried on the nose just because it, like... It, it was had, like, It was kind of like an artificially cherry to me. Yeah. To me, you I know, just like, got... I got, like, Ludens. I actually get the granola drops. on the nose. I only get granola on the nose. To me, it smells like... It smells like a, like a granola bar with, like, cherries in it. Yeah. Like, not that you can smell cherries in it, but... It's I don't weird. know. Have you guys ever had a Ludens... No. ...cherry cough drop... Yeah. Uh, they're like candy? Yeah. Yeah, you give it to a kid and they like lose their freaking mind. Yeah. I get that on the nose. <laughs> they stay at school. But like on the on the palate, it's way more advanced. Wow. When you st- when you like swoosh it in the glass and then smell it, you get way more of the cherry. Like, oh yeah, you're right. It like pops out of you. That's that's crazy. I almost get like there's like this one kind of Tootsie Pop. Yeah, the cher- the cherry one. Yeah. The the Oh uh, yeah, the red one. Yeah. No, I mean <laughs> yeah. I have Cherry Tootsie Pop. At, where I where I uh where I work oh, when yeah. I have to pick up certain supplies, one of the, our suppliers has Tootsie Pops that you can just take for free. So I'm quite familiar with the cherry Tootsie Pop flavor. What's your favorite Tootsie Pop flavor? Uh all of them. No. <laughs> pomegranate. <laughs> pomegranate. Cop out. There's pomegranate. A, there's a okay. pomegranate? There is a pomegranate. It's wow. relatively new, yes. And it's dope. I'll tell you what. Grape. Grape is dope. Grape doesn't taste like grape. 
It does not, no. It's like blue, and I call it blue. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That flavor is incredible. Dude, that's what they, they need to do a Tootsie Pop stout. Like the chocolate, dude, the chocolate Tootsie Pop in a stout. What's that brewery uh, up in Worcester that does like... Henry the, and Fran. Henry and Fran. They would probably do some shit like that. They would like totally that. do that dumb well, shit. They, they, we, we talked about the... Uh, in They've the got a real bad rap. Have you heard about their bad rap? We even... No. No. Oh. Maybe. You guys haven't... I no forget. one spilled the tea with you. I don't think so. On Henry and Fran. Spilled well, I know the tea. that they're okay. not. I know that they're not the greatest dudes. They've the head brewer actually has like hit on my girlfriend's friends before and like a very creepy. Oh, way. I think we, we met saw him. it. We met him one night. He was awkward, and he was like very awkward. Okay, he was drunk. He seemed drunk, and he came up to us and we were just like gushing over his beers because he, at the time, like this was when he like peaked when he made that. Skittles sour. Yes, which was very, very good. Yeah, but like the whole reason why we went to this place, which was right down the street with our friend Will, and the whole whole reason why we went there is because they had the the stout with Oreo. Oh yeah, which was good. also incredible. that was money. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he had just brewed that stout, and they had just they had it in the building that we were in. They were going to tap the, it the next day. Yeah, they were going to tap it the next day, and the guy the guy who came up to us and we were talking to him about it, he went and got us one for the table. Nice. He got us a pint for the table and we all shared it and we were like literally every sip was a new flavor. It was incredible. Anyways. It was nuts. Like there there has to be some art to brewing with adjuncts that already exist in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like that aren't natural. They are unpredictable. No, but but because it's not a part of like the brewing process, like you have no idea how a Skittle's gonna react when you put it when you age it on something. So true. You know? So like he did it perfect, and it was incredible. I would love... I, I'm sure he did that, that with, like, the original Red Skittles. But I want to see a wild berry. He did it... Oh, that would be cool. The that purple would, package? Yes. Yes. I, or sour Skittles? But anyways, no. he came, he came <laughs> to us Definitely and talked not. to us in, like, five seconds, and yeah. then, like, some girl walked in, and he's, he's like, like, oh. I gotta... Yeah, and he's he just, like, like... I gotta go. I gotta go, and he's just, like... It was weird. Like, I don't, I like, I'm not trying to like throw shade on anyone, but I have heard I bad am. stories. It was about just this a person. very bizarre interaction for somebody who I was like, I, I thought would just, and to be honest, maybe he was just, you know, awkward about like maybe receiving praise, yeah. you know, from random fanboys that he doesn't like. Yeah. But like, in all honesty, we didn't say anything. We're all humble. The, the bartender or waiter was like, hey, he's the owner's right there. I'll tell him, like, you guys are fans. And he came over, which, like, he, we're putting him in an awkward position to start. It's just that his out was, like, this girl just walked into the bar. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh. Uh, so that, like, that was at the Hangover totally, Pub, right? It was at the Hangover yeah. Pub, and that totally goes with what you're saying, which is that he hit on your friends. Yeah. And he's had that rap, and I'm not going to excuse it. It is, it has been talked about. That's kind of the vibe of that place, though. The Hangover yeah. Pub is not, like... Not really a place I want to like consider myself a regular. Well, of course <laughs> Isn't not. It gone they, no, it's no. back. But they got shut down because like the owner he was laundering drug money. Was laundering there. drug money through that restaurant and his his other restaurant. I thought there's a new place there now. That no, burger it's, place. It's, they reopened. What's that place that we got burgers that time? Uncle Bucks. Yeah. Or Bucks. I mean, Uncle Bucks. Bucks. Just Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> not the movie. Not the movie. No Bucks Burgers on. Is uh, that not the same building? They're not the same building. It's on the same oh, gotcha. street. It's, it's on right the, same, on the street. same street. It's real close, but they're not the same place. Yeah, I remember we watched the Celtics play the Bucks there in the Celtics one. <laughs> Take Anyways. that, Milwaukee. What else were we saying? Uh, oh, yeah, why their brewery is sketchy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, basically, they, they like, kind of had a brew space, but they, they like, 
they never really like opened the brew room but they started selling tickets to buy beer and people were like like they were selling out of their tickets like you would have to pay up front to get your beer which is whatever and you'd go and you pick it up but like he started bottling so he had been canning for a little while but he started bottling and some of those early bottles got like hella infected Uh. and like instead of like coming out and saying anything about it he just like basically like started blocking people and like took the took the this this road of like my beer's not not bad and like it really rubbed like their consumers the wrong way so like no like their beer is like one of the few in the market that has zero trade value now Wow! because they he that guy lost all credibility so no one will trade anything amazing yeah even in local trades if it's a bottle or a can no one will will touch it because they're like i'm not gonna fuck with something that may be infected it's crazy because when we went there and had that oreo stout in the uh skittle sour i remember going into work the next monday and my buddies at work saw that I had logged it on, on top and they're like, holy shit, like, how'd you get this? Where was it? And of course I told, it, it's just fascinating that uh, they were kind of on the cusp of being kind of a, a, a big deal. Yeah. yeah like, like a, a sought after, maybe not a big brewery, but a sought after. But like can. the beginnings of, and they kind of had the they, vibes they, of a veil. I'm, yes. Like, I'm going to say it. If like, they had done a, it the right way, they would have. Because yeah. the, people were like, people would have paid big money for that beer when it first came out. Like, yeah. the hype was real. Yeah. And it, like, hit the community. I was so jealous when you guys had this Skittles Sour. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I took, I, like, got my girlfriend, Carol, to go and, like, like, as soon as I had it, I had the worst experience at the bar because I had to wait, like, 20 minutes to get a drink because the bartender was just, like, out to lunch, I guess. <laughs> But like, once I had that beer, it was amazing. Yeah, and and uh, not to change the subject, but this beer, this uh, BCBS with what are the adjuncts? Mon uh, Cherry, granola, oats, brown sugar. I, uh, it must be the brown sugar, but I find this with a lot of the BCBS stouts is like that the bourbon sweetness turns into almost like a honeyish type thing. So I don't think you need the brown sugar in this. And I know I know nothing about the brewing practice, so that's a bold claim for me to say. But but it's perfect, so why get, take it out? Uh, it's it's uh, as it warms, tad too sweet for me. I hear you, but it's still very sweet. drinkable. It's quite sweet. It's quite sweet though, especially for um, a BCBS. But the the fruitiness kind of balances that out. It's not like a. It's not undrinkable. No, it's not, not pastry at all. stout level, but it is quite sweet. You could easily, I think, if you simplify this a little bit. And, and maybe you don't get this cherry flavor without the brown sugar somehow. Um, but it is very thick cher- uh, cherry syrupy kind What's the of. ABV? Uh, 14.1. Okay. Or wow. something like that. Yeah, it says yeah. pretty around. It's pretty on brand for BCBS. It I, might be a little bit higher because that added sugar, to be honest. Also, yeah. I was thinking about this uh, as I was looking at this bottle in front of me. I love their brand. Like oh, yeah. this old school style bottle that's... You know, simple label on it. With the flag. Classy with the oh, flag. Yeah. That the flag. flag. Gets, that flag gets me rock hard. Yeah. It's, I. You know what you're getting and you know what you're buying, even though it's gone into AB InBev, which is funny because, like, this is that one beer from that one brewery that was bought by AB InBev that I, like, I don't even care. Exactly. And, like, I feel like. Most people don't also. It has trade value. 
it, it has trade value for like the the real rare ones, you know, like the, right, the rares course. and the insane variants that you can only get in like Chicago. I agree, but like I don't know how other people feel about it because I I told you guys that one story about how like. I bought this for my friend on his birthday and I brought it there and I literally put it down I'm like happy birthday and like him the, uh, the the person who owned the brewery another person who like drinks a lot of beer we're all like oh BCBS like that it was just Wait, like Cold shit Harbor? thing yeah <laughs> no way yeah yeah, yeah I'm I was, sure they drank it happily. I was so proud I was like I got this for you buddy cause you're my you're you're, you're my Jerem. guy it's uh for Jerem it's uh it's tough because you know, for some people, it does really diminish the the beer. Um, I mean, it was only the base, but yeah, well, then even the base is pretty good. <laughs> you, shouldn't, you shouldn't have just brought the base, I guess. Well, that's all I could find. <laughs> um, in all honesty, this makes me want to go back because I didn't get the 2019 base variant. And, like, I'm sure I can get it anywhere. You should. Uh, I'm going to go out and buy I it. I think between the two of us, we have one. No? 2019? I think so. I did not buy it. No? I'll have to check. No, because we, we were I just have, like, now we're over this. I have 2016, <laughs> 2017, 2018. I think I have the same, yeah. I also have uh, I have a 2016, 2017, no, 2017, 2018, 2019 K- KBS, which that'll be KBS, an interesting yeah. I have a couple CBSs. I if, think I might have the if same. If someone has a 2020, no, a 2020 KBS. I'll get the K- I'll I have get a 2020 that. KBS. Oh, 2020? Yeah. Uh, we Dude, should, that could be a cool line. We should also have a night. Uh, so I think we, starting 2016, then uh, once 2021 comes out, do you just do a five-year vertical yeah, of BCBS and just open 16 through, actually, 16, 17, oh, never mind, 20. Once this year, if we get 19, 19 and 20, we can do a five-year vertical of oh, BCBS yeah. and just get, I mean, stupid. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, if we're open five bottles between the three of us. Uh, That's one of the beer shares I remember is the night that we did the uh, the BCBS night with like that. They, there was one with blueberries in it, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 It was, it was like good. a blueberry almond. That was yeah. 2018. It was dope. Yeah, it was good. I love 2017. That. 17. 17. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing I like about these beers is you just kind of like, you know that they're not going to bottle anything that's trash. Like, even if it's like, not the most. Well, oh, funny okay. you say that. All right. Yeah. I forget what year it is. I think it was the barley wine. Um, oh, yeah. There was a big problem. It, like, were, it almost killed the brand. Yeah. Really? There was yeah. a barley wine that went bad, right? Did they? It, it soured. It got infected. I, I tried it. How was it? One, I actually liked it. <laughs> it no, no, but like uh, one of my one of my coworkers had it, and he brought it in because uh, actually he had worked at AB and Bev. Um, yeah, and and so we opened it and tried it, and uh, it tasted like a sour barley wine. It's incredible. <laughs> like we all liked it too. It was it was crazy, but uh, well, I guess oh. when you brew a great barley wine, even oxidation can't ruin it. What year was that? <laughs> What year uh, 2016, maybe? Nah. It wasn't a year that we had it. It was the year before. It was like 2014, 2015. Okay, maybe it was 15 then. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was 15. That was like the year that like you needed to be careful about what you were trading because like... Oh, no, because there was also another year when we first got it. So we went 2017. 2016 was the only one available. They didn't have the 2017 barley wine because like they had... It had screwed up their year somehow by like how they were going to release it. So, um, I, I forget 
I'll do some research. The 2018 barley wine was excellent. Their yeah. barley wine is actually one of the better barley wines. It's too. fantastic. Yeah. I have one in there. Yeah. I also have a vanilla. Do you still have the uh, the Pretty Little Things barley wine? No. I might I, have one of those. I think I, it was the 2015. I, I drank both of those. Yeah, I think it was the 2015. Uh, yeah, I drank both of those Pretty Little Things bottles. That was cool that they just like someone in a distribution center came across like a pallet's worth of of these like pretty little things is it pretty little or just pretty things right Pre- is it pretty things i don't you know might, yeah you might be right i don't know but remember. it's just cool because like that brewery had had gone under yeah and to have something like a blast from the past something come back into distribution well and that russian cool. imperial stat was still good it's like four, four oh both later. were good yeah was both it were really good that supposed to be like the next big thing like a decade ago or something or around here at least yeah that guy i, I, I don't know I, I think there's like kind of a shady history to it all it's it seemed like it ended in a bad way i don't necessarily remember the story but i remember it like kind of being like things ended on bad terms it wasn't it wasn't a good situation mm. but um a lot of people really liked that brewery as this beer warms up it's it does. It definitely gets sweeter, but I feel like you can kind of taste every little ingredient, like the oats that are on the I know. nose in it's, the beginning. Kind of oats are kind of a an underrated grain for me. I, I remember Night Shift came out with an IPA called Annie Oatly. It was dope. Yeah. Well, it lends it, it lends itself to these adjunct stouts. Where it's it does. Like, it's very. It's it's a weird like. It's kind of like a weird breakfasty stout. Like it's right. not a breakfast stout. Like in terms of like, you know, founders breakfast stout. But I, it's. I, it's I mean, like, oatmeal stouts. Yeah. It's like again, it's one of those adjuncts that really like pairs well with the style. Yeah. No. Uh, Coffee I mean, sets a nice milk. base for other flavors to sit on top of. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But like that's why it was like you know an adjunct that was utilized for a long time. Yeah. You know. Once again, well done, BCBS. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think the quality will ever go down on these beers unless like things seriously change. I mean, considering how big the operation is and the fact that it's still this good, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, like they in can a supply way, the whole country. Uh, if you think about it, the in terms of quality of beer, AB and Bev has all these facilities across the country. And every single batch of Budweiser or Bud Light tastes exactly the same. You know the like the amount of QA work, oh yeah, quality no, assurance work that takes that's to beer ensure science. that. That's beer science. It's, it, brewing and science are like there's a fine line. In terms of technical brewing, can you get better than that though? No, I don't I mean, think so. Maybe the final product might not be what you want it to be, but for them, that's exactly. exactly what but that's they what they're aiming for, right? And you exactly. know. It's not about, and but here's the thing, and it goes back to that conversation we had about, uh, like, these bigger breweries giving back to people. It's like the majority of people that drink beer, are drinking beers from one of those like four major yeah macro breweries yeah, and you gotta you gotta believe that, like at least over the next thirty to forty years, they're probably still gonna have their market share, one hundred percent more or less unchanged, and I think you will see the the craft market start to cut into their sales a little bit but see i think that's i think that's past 
and I think AB and Bev kind of solidified their future by, I mean, they didn't have to, in my opinion at least, but I think they solidified their future by buying the Wicked Weeds. Right, they deser- the, they diversified yeah, in an uncertain di- Exactly, because yeah. they just weren't sure where it was going to go, so they strategically bought different different breweries across the country that Wicked Weed had inc- has, has incredible sours. Goose Island has BCBS. So they have that to fall back on if they need to. I I, I like to think that they let those breweries kind of operate as is. You know, I'm sure they have some sway in, in pulling to, especially the adjunct stouts to be like, you know, throw cherries and granola in this one. But to a certain extent, I think they're, I like to think that they're kind of just operating independently, hopefully, or at least the, you know, the uh, head brewers and stuff are whoever's coming up with the recipes, but you know, they strategically place themselves, but at the same time, Bud Light's never gonna. I, right. I feel like there's been a resurgence of the rest. Oh, I agree. There definitely um, has been. And I think that's. People have gone back to macro in a big way in the past year and a half. Pe- yeah, and like I think us. part. Yeah, yeah we, us, we definitely have. And. and, and uh, that's all I drink right now. Yeah. To be honest, outside of these beer shares, like if I see something good, I'll. I'll take it and put it in my cellar to wait. Exactly. Otherwise, I I drink <laughs> the craft beer for this. Um, I think I think yeah, and I think you're right. Like I was kind of saying that like the markets are like almost it's like the same market. It really is two different markets that will always be there. Yeah, the macro market. Um, I think they're in terms of advertising campaigns and everything. I think they've just just done everything right in the past couple of years. And just think about how much they can learn, like like the craft, like all these uh, small craft brewers that they've bought. They can learn, they can each learn from each other in this like mega corporate environment, which is all about driving profits on both sides of their. Exactly, because you know, you know, there's these core breweries, craft breweries that definitely bounce ideas off each other. And you know, there's like the. You know the five breweries on the east coast and actually in in london too that you know the trillium j wakefield other half the Vale, and cloudwater you know they've come out with a handful of collaborations together and there's no way they don't bounce ideas off each other right, right. i mean i i don't see why they right and and and, and the same in the same sense maybe budweiser will will release some weird beer that's just weird enough where they know that they're regular bud drinkers might try it but also right. it might appeal just enough to craft people to try it well you know it's funny actually the bud i remember hearing like the bud that was brewed with like or aged in uh yeah the, jim uh, bean barrels that certain year was it jim bean yeah yes that like sold out you couldn't get that mm. what yeah dude cold dude ice cold barrel budweiser aged? is delicious but, but, but barrel aged pilsner i don't know if it was actually a pilsner but like I'm sure they figured out the science to barrel age this ale. Okay, I'm pretty sure a hawk just yeah. mauled something right over here. I, I'm a big bird guy. A so hawk literally was I in saw this that. tree. Yeah, oh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, it's it's killing something. You see it? I just saw it fly that way. See it murdering? I didn't see it murdering. Dude, fascinating. <laughs> a lot of sounds coming out. This podcast is going to be half. Half beer discussions and half bird sounds. I don't like. <laughs> better not fucking kill it in my yard. I don't want to have to pet up 
pick up all the fur. The circle of life. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Not on my lawn. <laughs> oh, you guys almost done with this? Yeah, one? I finished it. Oh, okay. Jesus right. Christ, you guys are drinking me. Speed up, Tony. Under the table, You're baby. drinking me under the table. Today. I gave you hell. In your own house. Backyard. All right. Love you. <laughs> Next. Next beer we got is Standby by uh, Finback. It is an India Pale Ale. Another also Finback. Known, also known as an IPA. Yeah, I'm a big Finback boy. I buy these whenever I see them. Yeah, we are label. too. This color, you should see it. It's unreal. Yes, and it is 5%. It smells very similar to that last one we had, but it, this yeah. is 3% lower in ABB. I'm so grateful you brought just an IPA. I am too. <laughs> I think myself on the this way here. This smells <laughs> unbelievable. It does smell. What kind of what kind of hoppage we got? Here? <sighs> All right, wait. Let's let's play a little game. Let's play a little little Ooh. game. <laughs> little hop game. This hop is the game. hop game. Canning Run Podcast Hop Game. What are the hops in this beer? Tony, oh. Tom, go. All right. Uh, hold on. I mean, well, are we going to go alternating guesses? You can go first. Hold on. No, 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 no. no. Can't be alternating guesses. No, no I'm just, just whenever you see Galaxy. mosaic. Galaxy. Both wrong. Citra. Boom. Hallertau. No. Wow. <laughs> Think about the last beer. The oh, last Finback. Blanc. Boom. <laughs> One more that you guys will never get, but it rhymes with Helga. <laughs> yeah, we'll never get it. Wait. Yeah. It's Bel- fuck. Belma. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Never Wait. heard of that hop. I've never Belma heard of that Belma doesn't really rhyme with Helga. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> it does today. Dude, this smells like like a really like delicious, yummy, like pineapple-y, melon, mango, like hybrid fruit. It's yeah. very, it's very, and very actually, no, it's like straight fucking orange juice. What am I saying? Yeah, that is literally like freshly pressed OJ. I, I would say like Finback, a lot of the noses of Finback beers are comparable to like Treehouse noses. <laughs> They, a lot of the times, they don't taste the same. Ooh! This is good, though. Different fucking flavor on the tongue than on the nose, for sure. So, it's, uh... Because you say orange. It's like orange creamsicle. But yes. to me, and, and I actually like this, so I mean this in the best way possible, but it's like orange rind, where mm. it has, like, the bitterness yeah, of Yeah, it's like got, like, fruit. a grapefruit consistency. Yeah, and yeah. so you have the... I, I love the... I don't... I love a smooth, sweet... I don't actually. I don't love the sweet IPA. I love a smooth IPA though, but with that tinge of bitterness you get, I want that. Don't get rid of that. Keep it. We need it. There's some pininess in this. There's some pininess in 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 a perfect way. Does it does it talk about bittering hops or just dry hops? Uh, on the can, they usually just put dry hopping. Okay. Yeah, they they usually. Only I'd be put interested dry if, if they were using some like kind of like. You know, like Columbus or Centennial or something, Chinook, one of those big three C's as like the bittering hop because like typically uh, Columbus, I think is yeah, especially is around here for the for the New England IPA. If you guys had to guess the uh, the rating of this beer, what would you guess? Uh, knowing that you know the beer nerds. Don't give Finn back the love they deserve. I'm gonna say a 4.17. If I could find it on here, oh, I think I found it. 4.08. What did you say, Tom? 
417. That's probably too high, actually. 4.08. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are both off. It's crazy because I think this beer is way better than this rating. It's probably like a 386. 3.99. So yeah. it's like a four on the nose. I was going to say 397 when it, you... It's fair. It's fair. I mean, I think it's delicious. Well, but... Tom, you, you said it on the nose. People don't give them the respect that they deserve. Because this isn't so dank, Yeah. it gets a lesser score. Because it's drinkable. Yeah. It's it's funny how we don't want it to be drinkable, but but we have gotten away from the drinkability of beers. We want it to be so complex in its sweetness that we're like, that's a pineapple, as opposed <laughs> to like, I drink this because it's delicious. Yeah, this is a delicious beer. Yeah, it, it is, is a delicious good. beer. I'd it give is. this it's refreshing. I'd give this a four two five easy if I were doing it right now. And yeah. it's got it's got the the notes of fruitiness, the pininess. It's honestly everything. Uh, I think I said this for the last spin back too for the double IPA, but even this more so because that was more sweet, uh, which that you was, get with the double IPA. That was more of like the traditional dank, like New right. England it was I, more of a like yeah. sodded. This is a dank IPA, sodded. But like this is more of a like I want to crush an IPA after I just mowed my lawn on a ninety-two degree day. And this is crushable. Sodded. It's five percent, and to me, it makes it even crazier that that other uh, one was an eight percent beer because to me, these don't taste that different in terms of like uh you know booziness like they're not booze they're both not boozy at all i was i was gonna disagree with you wholeheartedly until you said about booziness i agree they're very much different on the spectrum as opposed to like flavor profile but like yeah i didn't detect booze on the other one and i no. don't detect booze on this one same for for eight percent on, on that grape crush that was pretty impressive. This yeah. one, this one is like a day drinking IPA. It's excellent, flavorful. It's not gonna like. It's just like mildly piney. Yeah. So it like leaves that like kind of like piney aftertaste in your mouth, which is like enjoyable, but it doesn't like. It's not affrontingly piney. No. You know, it's not like you're drinking like a Sierra Nevada, which is a wonderful brew, but like, can you have twelve Sierra Nevadas? No. Too. Not too that bitter. we're saying no. you should drink twelve of anything, but could you have six Sierra Nevadas? No. I think it would be difficult. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, you guys logging these on Untapped? I'm not. I haven't been. I haven't been. I, I probably will. Just I probably curious. will. Yeah. But I've just been trying to be like present. Same. Yeah. You know, and that, I think that's what uh you know, cheers to us boys. Yeah. Cheers to us. Cheers. That's what the this is meant to be. So Yeah. This is what it's supposed to be. Like, you guys can log you guys can log the, the beers in between your Star Wars rounds later. <laughs> God, man, he's he's got us. It's seven oh two, so he knows that the refresh has just hit. So, <laughs> so really, you're the nerd. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. I'm just happy we're finally doing a tasting. I can't believe that we're here in in person. And we're outside, and I couldn't be happier. It's beautiful. I'm sure the viewer. I'm sure the the listeners are happy too. You know, the listeners, because now we're not on Zoom. Yeah, I'm sure they're yeah. thrilled. The the uh, the sound quality, which will hopefully continue to get better over the. Yeah, our our moms are pleased that they don't have to listen to Zoom anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Mommy didn't like the audio quality. No, mom was like, it "Sounds like shit." Sounds like shit. <laughs> Actually, I could never imagine my mom saying that. I've recorded queefs with better audio quality. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. And we gotta get like small <laughs> devices for recording. I have a queef mic at home. I sent can to all it. of our moms. <laughs> Discreet. Uh. Queef screet. 
hitting a wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're, we're seven beers in. <laughs> We've yeah. been talking for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, Finback IPAs, they're great. <laughs> <Rice> delicious. <laughs> uh, no, but in all honesty, this, uh, this is the perfect representation of a style that's... Uh, you know, actually, now that I say that, and because I've said perfect representation of style <laughs> so many times. Stop saying it. In, in all honesty, I think, I, I, but I think this is what I aimed for, for bringing, uh, you know, an Allagash Cool Ship, a BCBS, but ready we didn't bring any Hill Farmstead. I think just ultimately, it's nice to know that people are brewing beers like this. Yeah. A beer that, like, won't necessarily, like, fly off the shelves. Because people aren't going to be talking about it like it's like this, you need to have it. But that they still know that there are people like us who appreciate having something that's a little more balanced. And it's a perfect In all honesty, when I to the, to the share. When yeah. I think of a New England IPA and what I want, this is what I want. Yeah, Balance. It, it's kind of like less like resinous. It's yeah. like less resinous and dank. It, it's like a... Uh, it's kind of like a stripped down New England IPA where it's it gives you all the I the juiciness and the floralness without like saturating the shit out of your palate. I think it's a throwback to what the New England IPA originally was and was originally intended to be. Yeah, it's a good idea. Agreed. This is how it used this is how it was. And and even some of those, you know, like original tree houses. Yeah. Had some of this. Like a lot of people Sap. really Yeah, a, a lot of people really love that first batch or, or first recipe sap it's changed once yeah it, it, honestly that was actually one of the more heartbreaking things for me because sap was that refreshing not always juicy ipa and, and once that became kind of another juice bomb i was a little upset not gonna lie yeah i agree and it I was a nice it, change from their normal yeah it was this resinous like it made you think when you when you thought when I thought sap and there was that pine branch on it before they changed the the can art for that, you would you would actually like for me I felt like this alpine tree, uh, and in the taste of what like that like a fruity taste of that but also a piney taste of that and how that would be represented in a New England IPA and I, I really loved it. Yeah, sap was a good one of their better uh, IPAs of. The last three years, in my opinion, yeah, it was a lot of. I knew, I know a lot of people that three, four years ago was their favorite IPA from Treehouse. Yeah, yeah. that's and a then, bold and claim. Then it's changed. That is a bold claim, but it's it's because it had more balance. It did. It wasn't just a one sided sweet, like dank juice bomb. Yeah, you know. And, and it I think it, it wasn't super green the day they released it either. You could drink it that day. Well, they had some more leniency. Yeah. Because it didn't just reside on that like tropical fruit nectar. Uh, you know exactly. What I'm Exactly. So it's just like you don't have to feel pressured to get it out a little bit before so that when people are really cracking it, it's perfect. Yeah. You know, it's just you you send it out when it's ready. Uh, you guys ready for the next yeah. beer? Yeah. Next beer. Justin, take it away. Let us know what we're drinking. What are we drinking? All right. Next beer is the Kavas by Oxbow Brewing. It is a farmhouse ale with rye and blueberries. On the bottle, it says the production time, eight weeks. And it also tells you to enjoy it within one year, and I bought this pretty recently, so I don't think I don't think we'll have to worry about uh, about that. Uh, is anybody else getting a little smokiness on the nose? I've not tried it yet. It could be it could be a. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, it, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what it is. Could be like a weird. I'm just oak. getting like straight Brett yeast. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a Brettanomyces smell. Brettanomyces. That's what that is. Yeah. I actually love Brettanomyces. I do too. It's uh. I've come a long way. I used to hate it. Yeah, I know. Like, you I know, like Saison Dupont, which is like the mm-hmm. the the classical standard of like uh, French saisons. I used to like not be into it, but now I'm like, bring it on, you know? Because it's kind of yummy. Yeah. We gotta have a a saison. Uh, evening, or Man. or just an episode about saisons. That, that was one of my favorite styles when we first started getting into this. Like, I want to do farmhouses too. Such yeah. a we can definitely lump that together. I feel like do not that, even like that, change them up. Huh? Because I think a farmhouse is like a nice. It's a nice perfect jump between a saison and a sour. That's true. Yeah, you know, because there's a little more funk. Yeah, no, I, more, I like, totally agree. And fermentation, and absolutely, and. Saisons for me are. Have you drank this yet? They're kind of hit or miss. No, I actually haven't taken a sip. I've had a little sip. It's, um, it's weird. Saisons, like if you brew it right, is kind of my favorite style in a like sometimes. Um, Especially when they come from Hill Farmstead. Exactly. That's what I'm getting <laughs> to. I think I have a bottle of some one of theirs. It might be a. I don't know. What's the ABV on this? Because it tastes light AF. Five point five percent. Yeah. Oh good. wow, that's hidden. Dude, it tastes like it tastes like a uh, like a bottle cap, like those hard sugary candies. It tastes like a it bottle does. cap. It does. You're yeah. absolutely right. Wow. But it's like so lightly bottle cap. Yeah, no, it's like super carbonated. Yeah. This could be like super Champagne. dangerous. Huh? This could be super dangerous. Well, luckily they only sell it in uh I don't 11- even taste the bread. It tastes like bubble. I get a little bit of it. It's like I'm, bubble gummy. I'm going to be honest, uh, you're I don't, right on the back end. I don't yeah. think I I don't think i love that bubble gummy i don't either and i'm associating that with the blueberries for some reason i feel like that's, that's the brett yeast yeah yeah i feel like it's a weird mesh between the, the brett and the blueberry that's it, giving it me a bubble gummy flavor bubble gum is classic saison i know i and like and sometimes it's hidden better than than with others this do you remember that farmhouse beer i used to get a lot the helios by victory I'm I'm gonna get one of those because I I have no idea if that yeah you get those because you love that band. That is partly why I got it, but it was also <laughs> a good beer. I got I bought that thing multiple times. You bought it so many times. Yeah, <clears throat> it's interesting. Something about what we had last. What did we have last? Oh, the IPA. Yeah. I guess the last couple have like really clouded my palate. I'm like struggling. There's like a bunch of residual stuff in the back of my throat right now, and I'm I'm struggling to like pick up a lot of notes on this. Um, I'm I'm in a similar boat. It's well, I, I, I don't know if it's that or I think it's just the beer. It, the, the beer doesn't. There's just offer not a lot of taste. Lot. It doesn't offer you a lot. It's, yeah, it's got like a so it it's ends a, on Brett. Yeah, it, that it's got that champagniness that I feel like you get from a Brett beer a lot. Or at least I, I for some reason attribute that. Yep. Uh, to a champagniness, and it has a very dry finish. Ooh, I just got like a pickly aspect. Oh no! <laughs> as as long as it's not blue cheese, uh, because no blue cheese. I'm getting like straight like dill pickle. Actually, in speaking of blue cheese, you know, shout out to Oxbow because doing a little digging to find out what that blue cheese sour beer I had that time was. Hold on. And that was the uh, oh, of Momo course. Co. Of 2017 course. from Oxbow. So, uh, you know, blue cheese then and pickles now. <laughs> of course we're talking about that. We I, have to bring up the blue cheese. Every episode. Every episode. I get Love more of you. like a dental vibe from this. Dental? Wow. 
Yeah. See, what? that's this is what I love about what does that shares because I totally know what you mean. Like everything you taste at the It dentist. tastes like you after you went to the dentist's yeah. office in a way. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> sterilized in a way and you yeah. feel like there's nothing there, but it's this weird taste. And it's also like just enough flavor to make you feel weird. It's not a bad beer. It's just like a super different beer. Oxbow, well, it's a kvass. And I actually love Oxbow. It's a very I, I like particular is it Kavasa Ferment- style? It's a fermented style. Okay. It's not necessarily trying to be like a beer. It's more of like you take fruit and you let it ferment and eventually it comes with that much alcohol. Oh, I can see I can see blueberries putting this out. There. Okay. So like you uh, don't in, you, it, I know it's not necessarily that. intended on being a, an alcoholic beverage, but it, it lends itself to be and it turns into. Every Thank time I drink a kombucha that. at work, I feel like I'm drinking on the job and I feel a little on the Have you guys side. ever watched It's Alive with Brad? Yeah. He makes a kvass. Okay. And he explains the style and he explains how it's made. So that's the what reason why I have a little bit of background. His... <sighs> Something red. Okay. I'm going to be honest. After hearing that, you know when you hear something and it kind of opens up your mind to the how it was brewed and you're like, okay, so this is what they're going for. And then it kind of clicks and makes sense. After hearing that and tasting that last sip, and maybe it's weird how that your brain works and your you know taste buds, but like I feel like I'm eating like it makes sense that it's like fermented blueberries. Yeah, like, yeah. it tastes like it tastes exactly like that. Which yeah. I think is why it tastes different than anything else you've had. Yeah, because it's not like an ale brewed with blueberries added. It's a it's a blueberry kind of concoction mixture. Yeah, that with the sugars. And the, the yeast added, the Brettanomyces, and, and probably some natural fermentation creates whatever this is, uh, which is like a refreshing beverage in some ways, but also like a very medicinal slash dental. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because... <laughs> uh, cleans your teeth. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's... Four out of five dentists recommend. Uh, <laughs> it'll... it'll make your Invisalign work eight times as fast. Yeah. Fill your Invisalign with this beer. And you'll have incredible teeth in That's right. This is the kind of beer that I would... Not a sponsor. ...love to have, like, several of and try it so many different times. Over the course of a long... Like, yeah. I, I would like to open this, like, every month for, like, a year. I, yeah, exactly, because... <laughs> and then never again. Then, <laughs> but, it, you know, the first, the first few sips, I had my own thought, and then hearing what you said, and I'm like, oh, I agree with that, and then hearing what you said kind of opened my mind to really what, like, the intention of the beer is, and then it makes sense. I think the smokiness is, like, whatever's left over of that blueberry. I think it could yeah. be the rye, too. It says rye. It could okay. be the rye, yeah. yeah. It could be rye. Like, that's an interesting grist to use. Yeah. I do love I think the- you're right. I think that's where that, like, forefront... Okay, uh, I think that's where that forefront like flavor profile comes from. Yeah. I love that dry finish, though. I do too. I mean, I'm, that... I'm a fan of that, like the champagneiness. Also, of the ju- just like texture, like for this kind of weird experience, like the price point on this beer is like absolutely phenomenal. It's definitely the cheapest beer here tonight. Like this bottle was was three twenty nine. Are you shitting me? Yep. Oxbow is a crazy brewery in a good way. Like, yeah. I, I they put lobster in a in like a farmhouse sour. They're <laughs> they're weird. I went to them for the themselves. first time their uh, their tap room in Portland in February. 
Um, and in all honesty, once again, like I said, I had already eaten myself sick that day. Um, but there Did beers... you struggle to find the entrance to that place? No. Okay. Sarah and I, <laughs> Sarah and I walked there and we, uh, we walked past it. I, Because uh, it was so, like, It is kind of, like, behind. It's, like, yeah. it's back yeah. from the street. Well, we uh, laughed about it. Did we you hit up that it. duck fat fry shack? We didn't go to duck fat. We were vegetarians then. Oh, Oof. that's true. But, so, this is not... Yeah. This is not... We're fucking stupid. This isn't duck fat, though. They have a duck fat fry shack right outside. So, you could get, you They know, didn't have that when we went. You can get... Oh, that's true. It's probably... I think it's newer. Um... But yeah, you can get your duck fat French fries, bring them into the brewery, and, and slug a couple sours. And let me tell you, it is the height of luxury. <laughs> duck fat is I it like you. they they fry the fries in duck fat? They fry the fries in duck fat. Gotcha. In all honesty, I love the restaurant, um, but don't be afraid to just go to the fry shack because the fries are the show, and you know the rest of the food is very good, but the fries. Take, you say fry shack, like like what are your options? Like cheesy fries, chili fries. Oh no, you don't even need that. You oh, just you okay. just need their French fries, That's fried and duck wondering. fat. Uh, personally, I like the they have a flight of sauces at the actual duck fat restaurant. Uh, they have like a it's like curry mayo, truffle ketchup, uh, garlic mayo, and I, I forget what else. Just at least two more. Well, as as uh, someone who's personally tried duck bacon, I can tell you I am really not that excited to go to this place no so, <laughs> so it's not the it, duck bacon was incredible you thought you thought the duck bacon was good i thought it was unbelievable what's this duck bacon we're talking about it was literally bacon made from a duck so it doesn't taste <laughs> you like, didn't like duck. it i thought it was all right oh my god it doesn't taste like duck it has this like they take the fat it's just the fat they're frying the fries in i don't know to what extent oh, I, I believe that it's good uh I love how in depth we're talking about the fat of with which the fries <laughs> are fried in. Try them and you'll know. Okay. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Final thoughts on this beer? I uh, like it. I wouldn't buy it again. Price point's interesting. I would. Uh, the only reason I would buy it is because it's cheap. Yeah. Um, I would buy it again. I think it's like light enough to be good. I'd buy it next year. I'm, I'm intrigued I'm not going to buy it. this same one again. I'm intrigued by it, and I would buy that same one again. Age it. See what happens. This is the kind of beer that's like, I know Oxbow is a great brewery. They don't get as much love as they deserve. Another one in that category. They barely get any love. They barely get like, any no love. No one really talks about that, them, but you know who loves them? Brewers. Yeah. Brewers love them. That's true. And that tells you everything, in yeah. my opinion. Um, and I, 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 I'm intrigued by this style. I know they have good brewing practices, and I know this is probably what they set out to try to brew. Right. And I'd love to, you know, a lot of times I have a beer like that, and I think it's just, this is the kind of beer I put in the category that, like, I don't understand enough about beer to appreciate this to the full extent. And even just hearing that little bit from you, Tony, I appreciate it a little more. And so I'd love to hear I, even more about it and the style. To I've had a very it. elevated kvass from Fox Farm. Uh, like Sarah and I got like a 750. We like went there on like an anniversary. Oh wow! Uh, well, we didn't go to Fox Farm, but we went to um, Armsby. It's like no, it's like the Armsby of of um, Rhode Island. Uh, what's that oh, place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you remember? I know exactly what you're talking. It is something Fox, right? 
No. Well, anyway, that beer hall in Providence. Yeah, it's this, it's this great beer Bay hall Bay in Providence. Beer hall. Bayberry, Bayberry beer hall. Yeah, we went incredible. there, and uh, we we always sit at the bar and we just like go through and drink some beers and enjoy ourselves and usually get some food. But this time we went and it was like our anniversary, so we were celebrating. So I was going through and just looking at their bottle list, and they had this Kvass, and it was the only bottle that they had from Fox Farm. And I'm like, let's try it. Kvass, interesting style, unbelievable. It was so good. It was so complex. There was so much like flavor profile. Like this is very light. This is a very drinkable Kvass yeah, to me. Is. But that one was like, I don't know how they got as much full body out of it as they did. But it was like, there was there was a lot there. There was a lot to like break into parts. Now like complex. If you put that beer and this beer next to each other, like it's apples and oranges. It's apples much. and oranges. Yeah. But I, I think the Brandeis of this Kvass completely takes over. Okay. It, it like like that's all I get on the back half of this flavor profile and um, whatever they did at Fox Farm there there was no Brettanomyces it was a different yeast strain and it just kind of created a different layer of complexity there was sweetness there was tartness there was it was it was just more that's the one thing I don't like about Brett is that it will take over a beer whether yeah. you want it to or not like it, I, I as speaking as someone who doesn't brew beer every Brettanomyces Brettanomyces beer that i've had has either been like ridiculously complex and beautiful and delicious or like just full-on brett and it really doesn't taste that much different than any other brett beer that you buy that has that same problem and i think like based on like what i know about kvass it makes sense that it took over i think what they were hoping for was that there would be more blueberry flavor on this so that that sweet kind of like tamed that bubblegummy nature of the Brett and Amices. Uh, but I think what they didn't foresee is that like whatever it was that they brewed in that moment, like lost a lot of its sweetness. So there's just like kind of a mild tart, but it really is just like plain. See, but this is, and this is, I would rather drink something like this where it's a swing and a miss, maybe not even a miss, but a swing at an attempt of this blueberry kvass, and you might not get as much blueberry as you want. I appreciate that more than the overwhelming sweet fake, not fake, but you know, the overdoing it and adding too many, too many blueberries to get your point across. They set out to do it a certain way. It might've come out exactly how they wanted to. It might not have, but at the same time, I would rather have something like this than being like, oh, well, it's not as much blueberry. Let's add, uh, you know, 200 pounds of blueberry puree. I appreciate more this kind of style in in owning that and staying true to the style, even if it's not perfect. I agree. I I think at the end of the day, what they created was a very drinkable 5% yeah. beer. And at a great price point. Like, you could crush this. Like, the only thing that kind of, like, takes it away if you're not a big fan of Brett yeast, you know, because that it's, like, such a pervasive flavor. Yeah. If you're not a big fan, it might turn you off. But I, I agree. I, I kind of found it to be rather enjoyable and crisp. Yeah, no. And refreshing. I'm, I'm happy mm. with it. All right, next beer? Next, next beer. Next beer. Mm. Jesus Christ. All righty. So, next beer up is Grim Double Negative Imperial Stout. Uh, it's important to note that this beer is from March 2017. 10% alcohol. This is this is one of the first ones you bought then. This is, yeah, this is from a long time ago. Wow. I went back and bought another one, so, yeah. I'm excited. From my cellar to yours. I'm uh, excited. 
to your mouths. <laughs> this is this is one of those beers. Oh God. That's just uh, that brings me back personally to some of our initial shares, uh, and and it's really just a great, a really good stout before it was bastardized by the the pastry nation. Yeah. Uh, I I already took a sip. I don't know about you guys, and it's really just better than I could ever remember. Really? Oh man. I, I'm so scared to take a sip because when I first had this, I geeked out so hard. I was just like, this is like such a perfect, simple Imperial stout. Like, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised and reminded. Yeah. Okay. In all honesty, I get a little metallic on the nose. Yeah. The not nose on is, the taste. The nose is interesting. Not on I the taste I got scared when I smelt it. I was like, yeah. It smells like copper. Uh, it the smells like straight copper. Yeah, it, it does. It kind of smells like pennies. Yeah, yeah, it's, like it pennies. Just does not taste like that at all. Like nope. coffee that's been aged on pennies. Right, here we go. Still good. Three years later, it's still good. I'm gonna be honest. This might be a hot uh. take. This might be my favorite beer we've had. I'm surprised. C- you know, that. of course, considering the style, right? Uh, because it's not the most drinkable. Because we've had, you know, pilsners. Um, no adjuncts in this bed. No adjuncts. Nothing. This is just a. Uh, this is just really brewing in a bottle. This is just good brewing, and you know, of course, we're we're a couple deep, so that might be a little bit of a clouded statement. Uh, but to say, you know, I, I do truly think this is at least one of the top beers we've had today. Yeah, as far as just do they being, even still brew this? I believe they do. They I haven't must. seen it. In a they long better. Time. I haven't seen it. Well, they, let me put it this way. They haven't put beers in that style bottle in a year and a half at least. So they're probably canning it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they are canning it. They're canning all of their stouts, all of their beers now. I got to say, it holds. It does. It, it holds. holds. You know, three years later. It's got that nice, bittery, dark chocolate I was just going to say, it's super to dark it. chocolatey. And it coats it's, your mouth. And, and I'm a dark chocolate guy. So... When when I'm when we're talking chocolate and stouts, you know that milk chocolate or white chocolate, the sweetness doesn't really do it for me. Just my personal preference. So yeah. When I have something that's this, in this chocolatey flavor, is strictly from the malts. Yeah. Which is, uh, cheers to you, Grim. Yeah. Cheers to Grim for creating a beer that after three years, stays as rich. As it was when we first opened it, and you know that that bittering doesn't take anything away; it, it adds. It it's amazing that we're drinking a beer that is this bold, chocolatey character is 100% from malt, um, and we love it. But on the flip side, when we talked about malt bomb IPAs, how terrible that is! Isn't that crazy? Just just really the wide variety you get in malts and i know this is like a it's such a broad statement and uh you know of course there's tons of variety but this is just malty goodness well that that's kind of like beer in general it's like all about framing flavors no exactly and i think it kind of shows that the new england ipa doesn't use malt to its advantage and it can't because it's it's controlled by the hop if someone could do that it would be like a brewing miracle yeah Yeah. and and so it's just really amazing that 
the maltiness can make a beer or break a beer. And I think it shows that the brewing style and how the malt is weighted in certain beers in terms of how that generates flavor. And then if the malt is generating the flavor, I appreciate it so much more than if you're hiding it behind hops or adjuncts or, you know, etc. Yeah. I, I love Grimm just because they they don't stick to, like, um, well, that's not true. They do stick to, like, the same styles. They, they pretty much brew every style, but they take a lot of chances with, like, their pop series. Like, they do, ex- like, the, the pop series is probably my favorite kettle sour fruited. Lactose. Yeah, la- yeah lactose. I don't, it's, maybe it's not a kettle sour, but so I think some of them might be. I think it might be. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's a lactose fermented like kettle sour. And I, I just, I just love that they do a variety of st- styles. Like just the other day, I had mag- magnetic tape by them. Yeah, they make great IPAs. Very, very good. I, w- I would say that IPA was probably better than those Finback IPAs we had. And I've had some grim IPAs that are on par with like. You know, some of the more, like, dank, juicy IPAs, like, you know, even Other Half. Yeah. Like, having that same profile. Um, or Lick Beer Project. Right. As um, one we for- don't talk about a lot. but One a lot of people don't talk about, but they, like, they're in the game and they're pretty strong. Are I they just, New York? They're, yeah, I think they're Queens. Okay. So, all three of those, well, Other Half, Grimm, and Lick Beer Project are all... Brooklyn, right? Um, no, they're, they're all different... Is Finback Brooklyn? I'm not sure. Finback's also New York. And then the, the last one is uh, Mad Fat Fluid. Uh, well. <laughs> I don't know that one. That's like no, their main beer that like people were like really into before New England IPAs really took off. Um, I can't think of that brewery right now. But um, it's, it's impressive that this double negative like has held up. Well, what's impressive is that region... But I agree, this double negative in the bottle that sat, you know, in my basement is... And you just had it in warm, warm, warm environment, right? Like not, like cellared, but not in your Yeah, it's probably not even cellar, uh, you know, ideal cellar temperatures. Yeah. I mean... I know, I know where I keep my beer. The other brewery I was talking about was Interboro Spirits and Ales. Okay. They're also... New York. I don't. Those think are I, like the big ones. What is Suarez? Suarez is New York, right? Suarez but, yeah. is up upstate. Upstate. New so it's York. right okay. off the border of New, of Massachusetts. Yeah, and they're not even really like they're not trying to do with all those other breweries. Kind of more or less do the same thing. All those other breweries are trying to tap into what's popular, and all of them brew hazy IPAs. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Grimm does kind of what they want. Like they have the pop series, but they also have like the. Uh, I'm not a big fan of their their uh, pastry stouts. Like I, ice, I don't know if I've even had any of them. Icing on the cake. I think okay. A, yeah, yeah. I a, agree. Some of those are lackluster. They have a breakfast one. Forget what it's, I forget what that one's called, but that one didn't blow me away either, as, even as someone who likes they, maple. They had a sour series without lactose, which were pretty good. I remember really enjoying one with spruce tips. Oh. Oh, you're talking about I Super, super Spruce. One. Super Spruce. Yeah. yeah the, the Super Series was basically just like their sour series, but without adding the lactose yeah and I, I really enjoyed that beer. do you remember that that ipa i brought to to uh your guys's old apartment the uh, it's called polyphonic it was one of the best ipas we've ever had from the from from grim finback <laughs> that's <laughs> why i'm thinking of it Always man we keep bouncing finback. between yeah, all yeah, these yeah, new, yeah. New, new york breweries but no but i don't i, I think 
it's weird that New York has such a like for for being such just a crazy environment that that breweries can make like very captivating, compelling beers in that environment where you'd think they would just want to pump out getting drunk juice for the masses you know yeah what I mean? it, it's I tough agree. because i feel like it's a it's just a higher speed environment of course yeah but, you know compared to here where it's kind of sit back have your ipa and oh yeah and and also you know they're cranking out new england ipas and they're not new england so. that, that's that's one thing about <laughs> i hadn't even really thought about don't this. tell them that yeah don't tell other half but you know uh you know that's false advertising that it says New England IPA when they're coming out at New York. Right. I mean, now that it's been branded as style, it's not as. No, I, I, I get kidding. what you're saying. Of course. And uh, we already talked about how most of them don't even sell them as New England IPAs; they just sell them as IPAs. Right, and and you know another one that you guys haven't touched upon yet is also other. Uh, I'm sorry, not other half. Evil Twin. Yes. Are they another New York? One, New York. I, no yeah, way. New well, York. to be fair, they're, it's similar to Grim. They used to Gypsy Brew. Right. Exactly. Okay. So. Right. We we herald Grimm with all of this praise as being this New York brewery, but for a while they were just brewing out of other people's right. Gotcha. Uh, uh, I love Evil Twin personally. I do too. Maybe just because I do as well. I've, I've I've met Yepa and he's incredible, but uh, really fascinating human being. We haven't but, been able to meet him. No, no. I know. Sorry, we can edit this out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Name dropping. Uh, but um, I don't know. I in personally, I feel like the. Whoever sends me good vibes in the brewing industry, I kind of give a little more credit to for some reason. I feel you. I mean, I think the, that's fair. The beer at Cold Harbor is excellent, but I always have such a great time there that. Exactly. Like, it, I mean, they have good beer. It's not the best beer, but like, we love them because you guys know them. Well, watching think, it yeah. before our eyes go from being like okay beer to great beer. And also, has been like a yeah. very wonderful experience. Plastic fermenters. The first time you brought me there, they had plastic fermenters. They sure did. And they have this beautiful stainless steel, you know, smaller system. But in all honesty, I think you get better quality out of the smaller new, system new, a lot of time. And they've been their new system is huge. Really? Like last time we went. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, their uh, what's the control system called? What that computer, the computer thing they have? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's called like a, not a waterfall, but a. That sounds close. I don't know. <laughs> the first, the first thing that they put like the grist in and. Oh, the mash tun. No, never mind. <laughs> it's another piece of equipment. Whirlpool. Yeah, the whirlpool. Whirlpool. Okay, yeah, yeah, they have like a really nice mash tun and whirlpool now. Okay, but it's like cool. a whole system. Yeah. So instead of being on the homebrew system that they were on, right, it's now right, like yeah. An actual like industry standard, yeah, like the full mash tun, yeah, whirlpool, like they kettle can, tank. They or can maybe brew, it's... they can brew more beer now off yeah. of that system than they can like actually house in their fermenters. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So like they need to expand just so that they can have more beer. It's it's impressive to see where they've come from, um, and I'm proud of them because they're good people. I'm proud of them too. Yeah, they have good beer. Yeah, I agree. And they have a nice, uh, you know, nice little environment there. Yeah, going going off of environments and kind of going back to the New York thing, it's kind of funny that, uh, like, like, can you imagine? 
you, you could never do what Treehouse is doing in New York no. as far as like a tap room experience. You can no. never, ever do that. So you got to give the New York breweries a lot of credit for like, for focusing on beer that will move regardless of their tap room experience. And, and I haven't been, so I really don't know. And I'm sure their tap room experience is good. But like, like when, when I was in California going to breweries, the tap room experience was pretty much even in a beautiful place like California where you could be outside you could have all this nice shit the only place that had an experience that was even close to Treehouse was Stone and it's because Stone has tons of fucking money so they can build like an outdoor like beer museum basically Stone is the kind of brewery though that I I respect oh I love it and and I think they make they've kind of they have adjusted. They have. I remember they had that like Best Buy. I not Best Buy, um, but like the uh, <laughs> drink buy, buy drink buy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it, like a certain date beer because of course those were great. Yeah, and, and really that's a great from the business aspect of it. That's a great marketing technique also because people see that and they're like, oh, drink buy this. Like I can still get this. This is still good. Uh, and also for the quality of their beer, it's still good. But you know they brew high quality beer. They distribute, you know, they're kind of one of those craft breweries that has cracked the code to becoming a not that mass marketed brewery, but in a way, kind of this hybrid of best we, of both worlds. Yeah, they yeah. they distribute everywhere, and uh, people, you know, I'm always curious to see what is the the craft beer drinker, and uh, you know, I'm using craft beer with air quotes, but. You know, not the craft beer drinker that goes to the treehouse and lines up, but the craft beer drinker that goes to their local liquor store and says, okay, I'm going to get a craft beer six-pack. And, you know, they're drinking the Stones, the Sierra Nevadas, the, you know, locally Wachusett Brewery. Yeah. Um, I think there's more people like that than there are people like us. A lot more. Yeah. And I I think we often use, um, you know, of course, what we're into as the higher representation of the the craft beer population, but, um, you know, I, it, it took me a while to realize that I think actually the craft beer population that goes to the, the tree houses is still the minority. It is like, like I went Even to know it's grown exponentially. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, but it, at the same time, like if you pulled everybody in Massachusetts, what's the number one craft brewery in Massachusetts, I wouldn't be surprised if the number one result is Sam Adams. Or Wachusett. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or Harpoon. Yeah, exactly. But I, I'm sure those are probably the top three answers. Yeah. And then, you well, know, those you would be have... correct. Huh? Those would be correct. Right. Exactly. Like, biggest as opposed to, like... No, I know, but, That's like... Fair. Or yeah. even even though, who's your favorite? I guess I'm misleading. Who's I, your I favorite? I'm, I'm or or, or like, sh- if you ask someone who's the most respected, exactly. you would get those, those three or, answers, even though the actual three answers of, like people that could evaluate respecting breweries like if you ask brewers they would say treehouse trillium night shift probably yeah even jack's abbey i feel like night shift is more of like a hybrid of like it's like somewhere between wachusett and treehouse so yeah which is smart of them because in my opinion to both wormtown kind of rides that line too night shift in my opinion has been the most genius uh in terms of sustainability craft beer business uh, model because they have a dope tap room. They're fucking putting out seltzer now. Exactly. Their seltzer's also delicious. <laughs> I had it last summer. It's when, in at Distro. A, at a conference there. They got, they got 12 yeah, packs. Yeah, no. 
and, they got and, 12 mix packs of the seltzer in stores now. So what they do though Brilliant. is they have this core brand. Um, you know, they have Awake, that coffee stout, Whirlpool, the IPA, 87. Light, bright. <laughs> no. Light, uh, uh, night light. Night light. Night light. <laughs> night light's phenomenal. Not as good as Limelight. But oh, yeah. they distribute all these, these core brands so their name is out there. But you go to their brewery and you have any kind of style, essentially, where they'll, they'll have, you know, a dozen more than a dozen beers on tap but it's not all IPAs they have their core IPAs but they have Schwarz beers yep. and lagers and they Hefeweizen. do have the seltzers and Hefeweizens and all these incredible styles that take more of a brewing knowledge to make and they're great and so they kind of drive in the traffic to their tap room with these tap room specific beers right but they also distribute what everybody wants. I mean, if you go to a liquor store, Night Shift is the best New England IPA you can get at a liquor store, in my opinion. Yeah, Finback's close. In a lot of ways, if you can't get Finback, I agree. Exactly. But, like, when you go to their brewery, you get that same feel of a craft brewery. Absolutely. You get the craft brewery experience, and you get those tap-only, those tap-room-only beers. And then, like, when you're in the liquor store, you're all you're, you're getting, like, sometimes those one-offs come in, and you're, like, excited about it. Oh, yeah. But, like, I remember when I used to get Morph. Do you remember yeah, Morph? Those are fun. Morph yeah. would switch every time. I would get Morph every time I went in if it was one I hadn't had. Yeah. Chasing because the white it's whale. Like, it's chasing the white whale. Yeah. You're like, you want to try something that's going to be excellent. It's like the curiosities at Treehouse. It switches. They change the, the grist bill. They change the dry hop. Yeah. It's like, will it be excellent? And I got to say, if we're going to go back to to talking about um, Finback, that Oscillation series oh my God, was amazing. what like originally oh, yeah. like made us like insane about that beer like oscillation nine or ten that i had it was as seven. good seven. seven dude i love your brain oscillation seven was as good to me as like some of those like curiosities like those 27 28s mm-hmm. which were in my opinion heralded as some of the best like yeah. the, if they didn't make those into beers huge mistake totally agree well, you see it, it's smart it's smart of night shift to do that for their for their distro the part of their business because i mean like if you think of one in ten, one in ten people that go into liquor stores are probably like looking for the beers that we're looking for, and that's probably generous. It's probably like one in twenty. So when you send the average Joe to a liquor store, and they they're kind of about craft beer, like if you see all that night shift stuff, you're def you definitely have a higher chance of getting something like that. But to 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 know that they view their tap room as a completely different experience where they're introducing all these new beers to people, like to me that makes like that's very smart marketing i agree and and what makes them even more impressive is that they have like not just their own distribution but they have like a distribution company that also brings they bring a lot into they bring in a lot into the state so instead of going through the other distributors which are like biased and they take a lot of like who comes in from like ab and bev and their cores because they're their biggest they're their biggest clients. Like, Night Shift's like, hey, we'll bring in anybody. You yeah. know, they're the reason why, uh, what's that brewery down in uh, New-, New Jersey? Magnet? Magnetic? No. No. Uh, well, anyways. But they bring in other breweries, even if it's keg only. Well, see, into I the didn't state. know that. 
That's yeah. genius. A lot of yeah. breweries are, a lot of the craft breweries are shifting towards that because from everything I've heard, once you kind of tie in a deal with the distributors, you kind of- Magnify, the, the breweries magnify, magnify yeah. and they make really great IPAs. And once, they bring kegs into the to the distribution center of Massachusetts. Okay. Once you tie in with a distributor, you lose a lot of rights as a craft brewery, and that's a big thing. Where at least in Massachusetts, I know Night Shift, uh, I believe Bissell for a while at least also had their own distribution company because everybody wants to maintain their own rights to their beer. Uh, and, and you know that's. In terms of the business aspect of it, that's really one of the more fascinating uh, ways that Night Shift has taken a competitive advantage over the market in Massachusetts, where they have their own distribution company. So not only do they send their own beer, but they bring this great beer in, and also they have they kind of have the the best of every world. They own they they're if you see Night Shift IPAs, you know I know at Julio's they have the cases out and they go pretty quick. You know, yeah. it's not it's not going to fly off the shelf, it, but they go pretty quick. It sits at Julio's a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you know, but it, it moves. It um, sits, but it moves eventually. It yeah. moves eventually. Um, so they have the beers that bring you in, you, you know, the, you know their name. They bring other beers in from out of state. They have a very comfortable tap room. The couches are great there. I've sat on them. Uh, the Owl's Dens? The Owl's Den, or whatever that. it is. And, I love And that they shit. still have, I know they used to, I don't know if they still do it, but they had this barrel program, and you could be a yes. member of the barrel program, yes. and you got a t-shirt, and you got first access to dope barrel-aged stouts. That's pretty sick. Sign me up. Yeah. I, I agree. And, but when we're, when we're looking at like distribution in Massachusetts, what makes it so difficult is like, and, and excellent for us, is that Shelton Brothers... Who is the distribution company who works with Cantillon, brings Cantillon into the USA, Right, is based in Massachusetts. Oh, wow. That is so, nice. like, that's why a lot of the times when it comes in, we get first, first dibs, so to speak. So, like, distribution in general is difficult to break into. So the fact that, like, uh, Night Shift could do that is incredible. It is. But the fact that they're, like, thriving with it is even more incredible. So I give them a lot of credit. Um, I give them a lot of respect. And, and going back to this beer now, as it warms, the uh, the Grim Double Negative, I'm getting like much more like coffee notes. Yeah, yeah. It's like much more like roasty, like espresso. It's delicious. For for a beer that's three years old, it definitely is held up. Very and that's well. and that's what I think. You know, when you don't have the adjuncts, or as I like to call it, the bullshit. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love the adjuncts a lot of times. Sometimes, <laughs> uh, but you know, I think the strong it's pure brewing. It's pure brewing that makes this beer great. And it, it's it, pure brewing that makes this beer great after three years. Right. And it's the same thing that makes that the first beer that we had, the one that you had, that the, that you brought that has been sitting for 10 years. Yeah. The, the, the cool ship Bardas. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's amazing. It's, it's amazing that beer can sit and still I will good. say that like a lot of that fruit on that has faded. Right. It absolutely has. But it still, I but it still tasted like cherry. It was an exquisite tasting beer. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> That's the one thing I hate about beers. You can't like pour a little bit out and then wait 10 years. Like, See, that's – but I love the beers that you can put in a cellar and forget about for literally a decade. And it's not going to taste how it tasted when they first packaged it, but it's going to be 
different and still delicious in its own way. Yeah. So, and like I, I think I mentioned last episode when we were talking about Lambics and Fruited Sours, that 3F Drefontaine has a consume by date that's 20 years in the future. What? <laughs> you're, you're telling me, and, and it's true though, like that this beer can evolve uh, and still be drinkable 20 years in the future. Probably more, in all honesty. And that evolution is part of the beauty of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like... And, and how fortunate we are to be able to have one at this point. Like, and, and how fortunate we would have been if we were able to have the beer that we had today from 2010 in 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15. So you can, you can, you can kind of track in your mind that, like, I remember last year this was the note that we really talked about exactly. as being pervasive versus now 10 years later. You know, a lot of that cherry brightness and acidity has kind of toppled off. A lot of that, like, lambic acidity has kind of toppled off. And there's just this, like, really beautiful and light funk that, like, takes over the flavor profile. Yeah. But in the most beautiful way. And it, it actually makes me think because it, it, for one, makes me excited to do, like, a vertical of BCBS. Yeah. Because that's what we have. But it would be fun to do a vertical of another Allagash that's maybe a fruited sour, maybe little sal, something yeah. other, you know, something else that's easy to come by. And, you know, have year, 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 you know, 2018, 19, 20, and see, okay, how is this evolved? Like, where does the funk go from 18 to 20? Where does the fruit go from 18 to 20? Uh, you know, it, it's fascinating. It, it's really a living organism in a way because the yeast is still somewhat. I mean, it's not totally active, but, it, you know, it's... I mean, the liquid in the bottle is living. Yeah. And, you know, like, that's special. And that's why we're, we're very fortunate to be able to have a beer like that today. Yeah. You know? And and for this, this is a four-year-old, uh, you know, kettle sour with grapes. And this is a three-year-old <laughs> imperial stout from Grimm. You know, like, it, 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 it is cool to throw these in the mix because yeah. you're not having them, you know, as, like, bright as when you... When they were first brewed, when they were first bottled, when they were first packaged, when they were first sent out through distro. It's very interesting. To, to me, it's like part of the art of the whole like brewing process is like, is like the canning or the bottling of the beer. It's like, if you have to do that right, that's one of the most important steps of I the agree. whole process. Is because you, you spend all this time making something beautiful, and if you fuck up the bottling or the canning process, it could totally ruin the reputation of that beer that you absolutely made. yeah and, and we I talked mean, about that let's tonight. look at like we said the bcbs barley wine uh from 2015 like something along the lines there got messed up and it ended up being a sour barley wine, which like i said i still enjoy <laughs> yeah i probably wasn't supposed to <laughs> and henry and fran yeah uh, one bottle of of like an adjunct stout that they made that went sour ruined the whole reputation and yeah. and i'm not even hearing about people talking about new things i'm not even hearing about them brewing new beers now yeah and that may be yeah. due to covid but that also may do to be due to the fact that like that once like incredible arc that was heading upwards is now he headed downwards for so long that they might not even be in business it any makes longer. me curious though what other breweries had that arc of we're growing exponentially Potential. and in i mean of course Henry and Friends is close to us and we had the access not that we ever went to a bottle release but you know local bars but what other breweries had a similar kind of trend that 
eventually fell flat. I, I wish that there was some sort of like data that you could access where like you could see brewery sales like on a graph because tree houses would look fuck you know you already know what that would look like it would look like a fucking yeah it would look like a straight to the moon just fucking straight up and down henry and fran i bet i bet you could tell when that skittles beer was released oh like absolutely. they probably had like a straight up thing of hype and then and then a yeah yeah Severe downwards. Yeah, like the the treehouse numbers is like totally vertical, dude. Versus like you know, <laughs> versus the Henry and Fran. It's like you know, you you hit that jump and you come down and then it's over. Yeah, interesting. And that's a lot of business, though. No, it's a lot of business, but it's also like making sure that you do things right. And maybe things would have been different if the brewery had kind of owned up to their failure and made sure it didn't happen again. Yeah, right. for but sure. I think it did happen again. Yeah, mm. and. uh that's unfortunate. All right, on to the next beer. Next, beer. next beer. Next beer is a surprise beer. Oh, it is a surprise indeed because it smells amazing. I feel like we need some kind of game here. Okay, like, neither of these boys know what type of style or what type of beer this is. Uh, they do not know what is in it. They do not know anything about it. It has been labeled as a surprise beer from the get-go, and it is a surprise beer to this day. Both boys have had it, and one of them is tasting it. It's that peach ring beer. Okay, um, so... The first who accurately guesses the type of beer and what's been added. It, it actually, it tastes like the bubblegum medicine that they give you at the doctor's office. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I've heard peach ring. I've heard bubblegum. Um, uh, peach is, in fact, in the beer. So, congratulations. Uh, what I could have told you was that. this? <laughs> yeah, if you could tell me the brewery, even better for you. Holy hell. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember what brewery. I'm not even sure if this is the peach ring beer. Uh, peach ring is in the candy because it's definitely yeah. not that. No, this is real peaches. Oh, <laughs> it's not. It's peach rings. No. Okay. So I was right. It's not peach rings. Uh, I really have thrown in like for me. This is a. Uh, I've, I've thrown something in to try and throw you off. So I, I, I have a feeling that this is like from like a mix pack or something. It's a peach Saison. It's, like, it's not a Saison. No, I know. Not a Saison. It's one of those beers that you know on the label just says ale brewed with, potentially. <laughs> and no, it, it, it indicates on the can exactly the type of beer that it is. Uh, can you read the can, like anything from the can? Can you that tell can... us? <laughs> Uh, flavor adventures, departing daily. Flavor adventures, departing daily. It's bubblegummy. That's what I, yeah. Which Summer. is why I, I, you know, I understand that says that's which is why I guess says on. Yeah, uh, no. But I get, I get. Can I get a confirmation on the peach? Four point eight percent. It has peaches in it, okay. it's and and it's it's said right off the peach tree flavor. Is it a goza? It is not a goza. No, it's a. It's just a. It's like a. It's like an ale. No, it See, is an this ale. This is what I mean when it's just like says ale. It's an ale, anymore? but it's a type of ale. A pale ale. Mm-mm. No, it's not hops. It's not an IPA. Or... It's not a pale ale. It's no hops. Well, there's hops in the brewing practice, but it's not dry hopped. Give us the first letter of the brewer. U. Huh. You. You. Upland. No. 
I really did fucking throw UFO. in a wrench to you, motherfuckers. That's yes. totally UFO. The brewer, yeah. the brewer is UFO. And it's the UFO Wait, is it actually? Peach. The, the brewer is UFO. UFO peach wheat. It is... Peach is one of the words of the names of the beer. <laughs> but it's wheat. It's a wheat It's ale. not a wheat. No? I do not know the grist, to be honest. Well, if it's a UFO, I mean, it's just UFO peach, right? Nope. There's another <laughs> word in front of peach. Juicy peach. Nope. Georgia peach. Yes. <laughs> Hello. All right, you got it. It is the UFO Georgia peach. I'm still looking for a type of beer. <laughs> it's an Whoever ale. gets a type of beer actually wins. It's it is an ale, but it is a type. Yeah, of I ale. got UFO. You got Georgia peach. If Tom gets the actual type of beer, and I almost just said it right there, holy fuck, he wins. <laughs> Whoever, yeah. Oh man, this is tough. And if. Justin gets it. He double wins. India Pale. Grisette. No. No. Think less. Lager. Oh, it's already an ale. Never mind. It's an ale. It's not a lager. You can never add peach to a lager and Blonde have it be a lager. Oh, that sounds right. No. He just he knows way more about beer than I do. This the, is the, the type of beer has already been said in this episode, if you have been listening for all three plus hours. I haven't been. <laughs> I zoned out a few times. I have too. <laughs> there was a cat down there at one point. There was, was cat that. around The here. cat walked here and then it like sat on a log down there for a while. And oh, I was really? like, what the fuck? And then it came over here. Yeah, Did you wait? Is that what you were waving at? It was yeah. Like, okay. Good. I was trying I to get its so. attention to see if it would come up here, but it would never come up here. There was a hawk attack. Okay. This is a German style of beer. German pale? Schwarz beer. No. German style. There you go. Yeah, what the uh, hell was that? Okay, I'm going to call it a tie because you got literally the name Georgia Peach UFO, and you literally got the name of Refreshing Hefeweizen with right off the peach tree flavor. You just give it to Tom. Then it'll be 2-0 and on the podcast. That is it. That is the can. It it's is good. The, I like it. You do like it? I do like okay, it. Okay, good. That's it's, what I was going to ask next was your thoughts. It's a I, little, uh, it's a little a bubble gummy. It's a little bubble gummy, but I like it. It's a little bubble gummy? What was that peach ring beer we had? I don't remember. Okay, cool. <laughs> and actually, I can see why you would think it was the candy peach, like yeah. in this beer, because it is definitely like. But it's not overly sweet, and that's the difference. No. The nose uh, is can't. The, the nose is peach ring. Yeah, yeah, it is for sure. So I mean, some of the flavor is too, though. It's like a very delicately sweet beer. It's incredibly peachy, and I don't know if like if you were to bite into a real peach, if it would taste like this beer tastes. It wouldn't taste this good. The only thing I don't like about this beer is it has a sort of artificial. Thing going on. Yeah, we didn't like this beer in the house. It's oh, we yeah. bought it weeks ago, and it, we, there's still there's I'm, one upstairs, there's one down here. We had, I'm gonna like, be honest, I like it. I, I okay. don't think it's bad. Like in this quantity, it's not bad. Well, so in in drink the, twelve of them. The, <laughs> <laughs> the other aspect, uh, I think, yeah, I took a you know first sniff, and my thought was peach. Yes, you know, you, like you, 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 it's peach. It's uh, <laughs> and you know, I know that's it's funny because we make fun of the. Oh, you make a Snickers stout and it tastes, oh, it tastes like Snickers. But uh, at the same time, when you, for some t- for some reason, at least for me, sometimes sours, uh, and this isn't a sour, of course, but um, certain ales, it's it's difficult to decipher the fruit in a way. Um, peach, of course, is an outlier. It's pretty specific. If you um, can get peach off of hops, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Like yeah, if, can if you, you can use hops and nail hops? peach. Yeah, I've, I've had peach off Tree hops. Treehouse. 
Yeah, like Treehouse can <laughs> yeah, be like, anything, like Curiosity 27 or 28, whichever one had like incredible peach. It was 27. Peach. It yeah. was. I remember like, that. <laughs> there was, it was just like straight peach and it was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Treehouse yeah. could fucking get a... Uh, <laughs> we should call this like Treehouse yeah. podcast. They could get like a raspberry flavor from like a... Like a Blueberry. Like, like a, yeah, like a... <laughs> like a turd. Gal- no, a three gallon pail of rat shit. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It's good. I agree. Somehow they got a beautiful, crisp raspberry from a, a twenty pounds of rat shit. <laughs> Is that the last beer on the menu? No, we no. got one more. I would more. I would never end on this. I almost did yeah. as like a joke to both of you. Oh, okay. uh, we're that. ending off on a kind of a whale. We're ending off on kind of a whale. Yeah. What is it? We'll find out. Well, for, I you don't, don't remember? I've not. I don't look at the list. I'm very spontaneous. I'm I wanted to throw lazy. this in one spontaneously in. fermented because that's what it is. <laughs> oh. I wanted to. Ooh. I wanted to throw this one in as just kind of like a a gotcha because I thought it'd be funny. I love. I it. I enjoyed. It. I actually enjoyed the beer. Okay, good. good. Well, I'm glad you both enjoyed the beer, and I'm glad you both enjoyed the game. And because we. <laughs> I just wanted to throw a wrench into it. (laughs) It was fun for me. Yas. Speaking of the, uh, you know, just ability to get a good drink and beer out of distro that's still craft. I've been meaning to bring this up a few times, but all day IPA from Founders. Yeah, they were drinking it last night. Exquisite. Exquisite beer. Unbelievable beer. Great beer. It's got like the nice pininess to the drinkability. You can have a bunch of them. They're super crunchable. crunchable. Harpoon IPA. At this point. It's crunchable. Yeah, you've, and not Harpoon crushable. IPA. Delicious. I mean, UFO is owned by Harpoon, right? UFO is owned by Harpoon. I didn't know that. Yep. Makes sense. They have very similar like uh, aesthetics. Agreed. Yeah, I just I, uh, I thought that'd be funny. I yeah, love, I'm a fan. Thank you for that. I love Harpoon, Wachusett. Like, they have a lot to offer now. Some dude, I don't know if Wally Juice by Wachusett has actual orange juice in it, but if it if it doesn't. It is one of the most amazing orange juicy IPAs I've ever had. I don't think they put orange juice in there. It doesn't say it on the can. Yeah. No, I don't no, think it I, doesn't. I'd be it shocked doesn't, if they did. But try one. You uh, know what I want to get for yeah, a, a share soon? It's just just a Julius. Hell yeah. We sh- we should we should have a throwback beer episode. Yeah. This fucking cicada. This cicada. Okay, we got this cicada has something to say. <laughs> he, just, he just told us to fuck us and our moms. <laughs> this cicada's a fucking... He's a one-note piece of shit. That's a cicada? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Nature with the beer boys. Nature with the beer boys. Nature with the beer boys! <laughs> okay, last beer. Last, last beer. beer. Ah. La- last beer, wow. Last beer. All right, so... To What's the next beer? To finish last off beer. our... Night of Tasting, we have a Dre Fontaine homage. Ooh. Homage? Is that how we pronounce that? Uh, bottled homage. in... Homage. 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 Uh, <laughs> this was bottled in September of 2018. Homoji. And, and uh, <laughs> I know we touched upon this a little bit last episode, but the date they give you to drink before is October 2038. This is a little green then. Twenty years, yeah. This is a little green. It hasn't even it hasn't come close to its prime yet. It, this is the infancy. This of is this young. Homage. This is young. Uh, Barely legal beer. 
And I feel yeah. like I need to read the this description. It's like little bow wow of the uh, lambics. <laughs> I feel like I need to read the description for this one. Uh, right? I ple- I'm pleased to. Uh, Dre Fontaine homage is the ro- result of macerating hand-picked whole sour cherries and raspberries on young lambic for at least four months in a proportion of 940 grams of raspberries and 300 grams of sour cherries per liter of lambic. This fruit lambic is then blended again with more lambic to obtain a minimum intensity of 35% fruit and is bottled, bottled immediately immediately afterwards and cellared for at least another five months so yeah baby this is this is kind of a whale guys it's a huge in in all honesty out of all the beer shares we've had not even just this one like this is a whale i hear you yeah it's a big deal so uh i i don't know about you guys i've never had this i've never had it so cheers to you guys i've had it a couple times cheers to the canning run podcast cheers to the banning right Panning, panning rum pop bass. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, that. <laughs> Damn. Nothing has exploded in my mouth like that in years. Mm. It's just like. Dr- and this is why jam. people trade. Yeah. yeah. For lambic. Uh, it's sour. It's tart. It is. It's tart. It's luscious. Yeah. Not as funky, uh, you know, maybe as it warms potentially. No. It's it's not as funky right now. Just because the, the fruit the presence. The fruit presence. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a fan of the fruit presence personally, but... Um, well, that raspberry is very vibrant. Wow. I've always found with lambics like this, they almost have like this creamy element. Like, I know it's not, not, not in a traditional like creamy sense, but it... Like coat your mouth, <laughs> cremulum. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Thank God that was said. I don't uh, know how to describe it, but it's just such like a, like a, like a very loud. It's like a very loud cicada <laughs> in your mouth that just won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> I uh, that was two of them. <laughs> yeah, I really like this. I love it. It's great. It's probably the best beer we've had all night. That's why I put it for last. Yeah. The colors are so beautiful. The colors are beautiful. Uh, you know, there's a reason that people trade anything possible for Lambic. I know 3F isn't as sought after as Canteon. It should be. The, the, the only reason I feel like it's not, and I could be totally wrong with this, is that I can buy 3F in a liquor store a lot easier than I can buy a Canteon. Like, I can go to... You can go to a craft beer store and, you know, you have to time it right, but it'll be there. And, and you know, I know the classic Goose is still there. When I bought, um, actually, this BCBS, there was there was a ton of Goose still left there. And it's crazy how Canteon has the name so much. Of course, Canteon has the name, but... You know, really, 3F is not far behind them. Oh no, and they don't—they don't get the lambic love. I think they do for some of their like more, like, like Armand and Gaston is is pretty sought after. Definitely. Um, I remember when I went to Zwanza Day. 
that was one of the bottles they were offering. I think I might have one. Really? I could be wrong. Okay. I think I'm because I, I know I bought something else. With yeah, it's a QVA. Yeah. Um, there, but I think the difference is that you can get their goose, just their traditional goose, a lot easier than you can get a Cantillon goose. Yeah. And maybe that's the difference. I mean, I, I got lucky a few times, you know, going to like some of the places that I had frequented quite frequently uh, a few years ago, like to be able to come across some specific Cantillon, mm. you know, like I definitely got the Goose. I remember a few years ago we got the Iris. That was pretty nice. Yep. But like it, 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 it is great to walk into a liquor store and be able to grab right off of the shelf, you know, a Dree Fontenin. Uh, goose or creek or homage if you are lucky you know like it just it just depends oh i got this from a buddy i did not find this on the shelf you didn't find this on the shelf no one of my one of my friends was moving and he had too much lambic uh imagine that fiance or for his wife and she's like you need to get rid of some of this so he uh, came into work and he's just like i have all of this for sale and i was (laughs) like yeah Yes, please. So I also have a creek from the same year. Wow. Okay. That I'll bring wow. next time. See, to me, this almost tastes like a creek because it has the raspberry and cherry. I actually prefer it to a creek. Me too. Because I, I love raspberries more than uh, cherries. Yeah, and, and, and the, the cherries the and combo. the raspberries yeah. together in this. You get the combo. It's the best it's of both like worlds. It's like the tart and the sweet, yeah. Yeah, totally. But the raspberries really, like, from a flavor profile, like, stand out. Oh, and they're deep, ripe. Raspberries, yeah. like it's it's wicked. It's a wicked nice flavor. And the other thing with this beer, it almost tastes like, like as opposed to some of those other sours we've had tonight, it tastes like this is almost like a concentrate. You know what I mean? Like it's like, it's thirty five percent fruit. Like I said on the label, which is which is a lot, yeah, really. Um, but to and I would love to have. I wish I had a second bottle of this to age. Or at least, you know, if we had another bottle that was five years old to kind of see how that fruit fades off. Because personally, I, I love the fruit forward taste of this, but I feel like if it gained a little more funk and some of that sourness and fruitiness kind of leveled off a little bit, I feel like I would like it mo- a little more. Um, and I hate even saying that because I love it, but. Yeah. Um, I agree. You know, it's. I think like. Like the, the the tannins of that like fruit intensity, if it were to just go down a little bit, you'd get that funk, which I feel is like a when we're talking about like the flavor profile from start to finish, like is that like mid kind of flavor that pops up, mm-hmm. like that funk like really adds the complexity to it all because otherwise you'd just be drinking a beer that really tasted like you know sour with raspberry, which yeah. would be enjoyable, but like that mid ground, I think to me. That, that that funk is what makes it a lambic and it's what makes it like so good. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. With a beer like this, like to me each sip is like like its own experience where like it kind of it like lands on your tongue and then it expands across your whole mouth, fills it up with all these different flavors, cherry, raspberry, like acidity, a little bit of creaminess. It's really weird. And then just like that it doesn't coat your mouth and linger. It's pretty much like five seconds after your sip is done, it's it's pretty much gone. So yeah. you get to enjoy that next sip 
over again in pretty much the same way, which is really nice. I agree. Ugh. And this is where I don't know if the the hype still gets me sometimes, just with lambic st- true lambic beers. But I mean, this is just a special beer. It like, is. It's it's just a really good beer, and I, I feel like every sip though is is just something different and amazing, and uh, it's really you know a different experience every time, and. Uh, it's a dumb Love question, but I don't know as much about beer as you guys do. Is this aged in like, like wood barrels? Because it kind of gets has probably some. I yeah. assume some oak barrel probably goes right from the cool ship into. Uh, I assume an oak barrel. It maybe goes into barrels. Is that yeah. is that how all cool ship beers are aged in a barrel? Yeah, for the most part, or yeah. or fooders, yeah, or fermenters, those I guess, lambics. But like okay. it's like aged on wood. Okay. Yeah, I mean it would be pretty counterproductive to take a in my opinion at least to try to take a cool ship beer and then just age it in steel because you're right. not going to get you're not adding more to it well and it's funny there's you say so that much potential because for that there's beer to take on so much more there's so many barrel aged beers that say that they're like aged in this specific type of wood barrel and then you drink it and you literally get none of that i feel like with these lambics and uh like these more traditional style sours, you get way more of that wood flavor. There's something about the quality of the beer that like soaks in those woody flavors in a super pleasant way that adds a comp- a complexity to the beer that you could not get any other way. I think and, the, what, what you're talking about is like the consistency in brewing because they've been doing it for so many years. Right. Like they you know, know like what they're going to get out of the generation barrel. after generation after generation in the same building it's it's like when we talk about Treehouse, how like in Munson they were dialed in. Yeah. Well, similarly, like you know, for the Cantillons and the Dree and the Drees of the world, they're dialed in. So you're what you're getting is like this like unparalleled um, consistency, yeah. which is why when when you say like all of these things that are so easy to to pick up, it's because of that. And and and, and I say that they're e- they're all these flavors are easy to pick up, but they also going back to what we kind of said earlier like they synergistically come together to create a better flavor as as opposed to like different flavors standing out that you're like bouncing back and and you said complexity as well which means like you know the the flavor profiles as a whole like come together into one piece which add these like different complexities to that Flavor profile, the mouthfeel, the everything. So, like, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. And and, and that, like that's the mastery of the brewing process is is getting those flavors to cohesively come together, as opposed to feeling like like um you know it, it doesn't feel like you're tasting each flavor individually. Like it's not disjointed. Right. Like to me, to me, you can tell that this is cherry and raspberry together, but you're never getting just cherry or just raspberry. Right. Which some beers, and I mean, maybe for maybe with fruits, that's to be expected. But I mean, on a beer like this, it really like shines on it. Like it just fucking. There's there's to me there's nothing wrong with this beer. Like aside from the acidity, which some might find unpleasant. Like there's nothing wrong. They, they could do nothing to make this better. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. There's a reason that Lambic is so highly sought after. 
And oh, this yeah. is why. And there's a reason why we're ending on that tonight because it's so unparalleled in its complexity, but it's also unparalleled in its in its beauty, in its art form, and it's been created and recreated over hundreds of years. And what we're tasting now is 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 folks who've gotten that process right. Right, and if you're gonna if you're gonna do a tasting like we did, you might as well save a style like this for the end because not not only is it gonna be probably the best beer that you drank all night, but it's also just gonna like inform you of why it's a great style because you're you're spending all night tasting different styles of beers that blend flavors in different and strategic ways. But this beer really stands out as far as like being a single unit yeah it it leaves you asking questions yeah you know and that's exciting you know to 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 end on something that's very you know simple and easy to comprehend might be some nice way to get some closure but i always like to end on a question yeah and um ending the night with something that's so elegantly brewed I think is that question mark and it and it lends itself to the fact that beer shares in general are continuances it's it's not a period it's a it's a it's a an ellipsis it's three periods you know it's it's a grouping of till next time um and when you end on a on a question mark you allow yourself to ask yourself what's next yeah absolutely think that's a great place to kind of leave off and we'll hopefully be doing more episodes like this this is kind of what we always envisioned for this show was just drinking beers and talking about beer talking about beer culture and questions of how beer styles are getting bastardized and how they're getting perfected and mastered still and this is a great example of a traditional style that is untainted yeah exactly it's that's still pure in a sense you no one's taken a lambic and brought it to a place where it's in excess or not okay. Right. And and someone a hundred years ago could could have drank a beer that was very similar to this. And and you gotta think they're it's not like our taste it's not like our palates have changed in a hundred years. So they, they probably reacted the same exact way, like, what the hell is this? But also why does it taste so damn good and interesting? Yeah, feeling invigorated by the fact that like such incredible complexity can come from overall simple processes what they're doing on a scientific level is not simplistic but ultimately when we're talking about the grand scheme of life what we're doing is we're taking raw ingredients we're putting them into you know a boil kettle and then we're allowing that to cool down and then we're inoculating it with yeast whether that's our own yeast or yeast from the air, yeast from our area, and then we're taking that once it cools down again into barrels, and then we let time, energy, turn it into what we're drinking now. And chance, really, when you think about it. Yeah, a lot of change, a lot of chance, and luckily those in Belgium kind of... Know way better than us here. I'm sure they do. (laughs) They know better. And also, you know, for me, I think it's... You know, it doesn't end at that packaging. And like you said, it's that, you know, the three dots, the ellipsis after that. And I think it's, it's, the intention is this. 
Totally. This is the intention of it all. The intention is community. Yeah. And for this brewery or, you know, for a few breweries, you know, across the pond in, in Europe to kind of be able to bring that together more. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it transcends time and um, distance and all that to kind of bring us all together, which is really, in my opinion, what the true intention of craft beer should be. Absolutely. I agree. Beer is for community. Beer is for shares. Beer is for friends to get together and enjoy the beers that they're drinking in order to bring apart, you know, bring about companionship, community. And And we did that today. Yeah, that's what we want people to get from this podcast. It's just the fact that different styles of beers, different brewers excite us to, like, hang out together and talk about just just different ways of doing things that's all these that's all these brewers are doing they're all doing the same thing in different ways and us as people who drink the beer our whole job is just to kind of take what they give us and kind of see how we feel about it that's pretty much what beer has been over the past thousand years yeah so definitely you know i think everybody should keep that in mind when they line up at their local brewery like we all have and try to get the most sought after stout or IPA and just know that, you know, I think that community aspect is what really drives it all. And, you know, crack those beer with beers with your friends because it it means a lot more to, uh, bring us all together. Right. Like, unless you have a couple of like, uh, personalities in your body that you can talk to, (laughs) you want to have friends to talk about the beer with or else it's really, you might as well be drinking like a uh, Hawaiian punch or a Capri Sun. Yeah, which or a is juicy still juice. delicious. But you know, yeah, the, the I same. mean, the reason why these are put in all different size bottles, you know, is because ultimately they're meant to share. And hopefully, through our time that we've been sharing together, we can take away something from one another, and you, the listener, can take something from our thoughts. Something that you can share with your own communities, with your own beer shares, where you can laugh or cry together and enjoy the goodness or the silliness that is all of these beer styles from different brewers from all over the world. And with that, we bid you adieu. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode of the Canning Run Podcast. Um, We love you. Cheers. Love you. And that is the conclusion of our first tasting here at the Canning Run Podcast. God, I salute you if you made it through that whole thing. Uh, We got a little, uh, little into it at the end. But thank you for listening as always, and we'll see you next week. Cheers.